So, so why why move to Florida versus California or somewhere else? Why Florida? You know what? It was well, because it seems like it seems like California is one of the states with the highest rate of people moving out. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Reading that to Florida reading, and moving to Florida, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, moving to Florida and Texas, and we were. We were really considering Texas. Um, Florida just was a little more natural. We're from Chicago. I got family in Florida too. Nice. So that was the main reason for that. Um, Weather-wise, obviously, my my wife's from Jamaica, so she had about enough of that Chicago winter, yeah, which is basically nine months out of the year, you know. So, um, what is it like to run the business from down there? Oh man, it's it's a blessing, man. And, you know, honestly, man, not to bring down the energy of the podcast, but, you know, last time I talked to you, man, um, you know, it was me and my father. My father was running it. And so he has since then recently passed away in uh, July. I think you had a cancer. So, um, yeah, we've been in a whole transition mode since July, as you can imagine. And it was one of those things where it was unexpected. You know, if you know a lot, if you know anything about pancreatic. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, it's. It's it's a tough one. It's fast. It's it's terrible. It's, you know, so obviously we were prepared to an extent, you know, because that's what my father set us up to do and, and to carry it on. But, you know, no one can really be fully prepared, even my dad, you know. Um so yeah, we, we, we it was like, you know, three or four months just going back and forth with our customers, letting them know, hey, you know, I'm taking over. We're continuing on. It's business as usual, as, as far as you guys know. Um, yeah. But you know, we are having some internal changes. You know, as far as like a new address, new office address, different ownership. But were these some relationships that your dad had built over the years, and you had continued, and you had to sort of let them know? What's interesting about our story man is that's why i wanted to hop on here because a lot of people don't know and i think people can be inspired too but yeah for us man we we started yeah we started in 2003 really as a government contract-based company so we were supplying all of the wick centers through the usda um in the state of illinois which is women and infant children if you got a child up until the age of five you can qualify for these food redemptions you know and so that was really my dad's bread and butter as far as like the company and starting it. And so he was, we were government based for years, you know, maybe eight years before we actually got into retail. And that at that point when we got into retail, you know, he, he, he kind of, uh, joined the Albertsons Midwest division, which is called Jewel Osco here. Um, I'm sure everyone's familiar, familiar with the Albertsons banner. Yeah. And at that point is when I really brought, came on full time. You know, I just graduated college. And at that point, he, you know, it was basically a conversation where it's like, hey, I'm going to retire. You know, my dad was in his 60s. And it's like, I'm going to retire. So if you want to keep this going, you go out and sell. Right? I'm, yeah. You know, he had done 35 years at Avid Labs, you know, one of the top pharma companies in the country. I mean, he was he was responsible for bringing Insure and Formula, Insure Formula and uh, Pedialyte to the market in the early 90s. So he had put in his work and it was almost like a, it became a side project at a certain point, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, as you know, as you know, all things can come to an end, you got to pivot and transition. So 
especially in government, because it's you're a commodity. You know, there's no branding involved. Like, you know, so mm -hmm. when we first started, if you have seen our labels, you'd be like, holy, like, how, how did this get in and, and stay in? But um, yeah, we, we've transitioned a long time. But to kind of circle back, yeah, it's been great, man, because running the company down here in, in Florida, um, it's, it's a blessing because, you know, me and my dad set it up so we can do that. You know, we yeah. had to really stay in the Midwest for years. I wanted to move down to Florida before the pandemic, you know, but with God's blessing, the pandemic really launched our brand into the national level. And so the last three years, we've just been trying to solidify ourselves in the Midwest and the East Coast. And so at this, at, at basically, you know, when my dad passed, it was like, hey, you know, let's go. You know, there was no reason not to go. Um, and, you know, and on foot, you know, of course, of course, when I, as soon as I announced that, you know, that I'm moving to Florida, I, I got like three requests to go back home. So I've been down, I've been down in Florida for like two months. I already flew back three times. Oh my Chicago. God. <laughs> got to go to, I'm going to Michigan next week for like a Meyer. It's like a grocery store in Michigan. They're doing an LPGA golf tournament. So I'm going to golf with the buyer, the canned food buyer, and then one of the uh, LPGA tour golfers. How, how much is the business today B2B versus direct to consumer? That's a great question. It's, I mean, it's all, it's, it's direct. Well, when you say direct, like online or just as far as like in this, in the retail. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's all B2C. It's B2C because without the customers buying and repeatedly buying, you yeah. know, it doesn't matter. So even, you know, we, we have great relationships B2B, which is why we've been able to get into the door. You know, we're, yeah. we're coming from about 5,000 stores. No funding, no hedge fund, no private investor, just family ran, Who's just been flipping, flipping and, 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 and saving and, and reinvesting back into the company. So, um, but B2B is huge because, you know, it's, I would almost say it's 50, 50, honestly. Yeah. But you, and no less or more, because you have to know somebody to get in the store, but then you got to brand and sell yourself to stay in the store. You know, I mean, what's really interesting is that you guys started with B2B and then moved to e-commerce, which, right. you know, most brands do the other way, right? They sell on Amazon, they sell online, and then they right. move to B2B, but they need a lot of financing to do that. You guys, you know, leverage that B2B distribution to then go online and expand, which is right. unheard of because you need to be, it's it, those the that B two B expansion is business business uh, relationships, relationship focus, right? And like you're saying, maybe your dad spent a long time building those relationships, um, that became a platform for you guys to grow over the years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We so we um, kind of what long story long what happened was is so we he was able to bid for this government contract in two thousand three through the state, he wanted, but at that point we didn't have the brand yet. You know, it was like, hey, somebody from his old days at Abbott in corporate America said, there's an opportunity for, you know, the state of Illinois, we're looking for canned vegetables, fresh, dairy. I mean, so bro, like think about it, you go into Albertsons and mm -hmm. everything in there is just comes through us. Wow. 
So we had like a chain of 25 Wix centers where we were supplying everything, dairy, fresh, canned, you know, baby food. Mm -hmm. um, and we call it, we call it the golden age, you know, of, of our company just because, man, when you get those government contracts, you got, you don't have anything to do, but like you say, you got to grease some hands, show up to the charity events. Um, but I mean, there's no branding or marketing involved, you know. But what happened to that? Are, are those still going today or not anymore? No, that's so, that, so kind of what I was getting into was because you're limited in branding, you know, it's easy for someone to just say, hey, well, hey, well I got somebody else with a better price, mm -hmm. you know, or somebody new, new people come in and they got their guys, you know, they yeah, got of Goya or whatever it is. And so that's, that's kind of what happened. Um, and, but we, we, we were prepared for that. So as, and, and also the, the business of WIC, um, you know, in the government subsidy world of food, that program specifically was started by Michelle Obama. And, and, it, and, and this point it's kind of, especially when he got out of office, he went to the back tier. So there's all these new programs where you know, before, basically, if you lived in these areas, you had to go to these WIC centers. You couldn't go to Albertsons. You couldn't go to Kroger. Um, so it was great to have your product in there. There was no other option. They had to go there. You know what I mean? So it's, it's you know, it's consistent money. I don't have to put it on scan down or discount. Mm -hmm. But, you know, after doing that for a couple of years, my dad pretty much realized is like, hey, I'm selling like this in the Wix Center. Why don't I just brand my own stuff? I'm, I'm distributing all these guys' products. And so that's kind of how Good good Foods, our, our brand was born. Um, I got a couple of cans in the back, you can see. But yeah, you know, we we took, we just, we took opportunity, man, and just, <laughs> you know, and pivoted and, and went with it, you know, and just, you got to be able to react. What is coming now? Like, what is the next phase of expansion? Like, what are the next moves you want to make? So we got a food line coming up, like 1,300 stores. So that'll solidify us out east. Um, what kind of products would that be? It'll be all the cans. So okay. can, canned beans, canned vegetables. Um, yeah, so it'll be all those in there. And then a big one that I think everyone probably could relate to more is Target. And that's been a, a three-year run, man. Three years of meetings. Yeah, we'll take you. We're not sure. And then nothing happens. But, you know, we stuck with them. And um, they have a long vetting process, you know. But uh, three years later, finally got a PO. So we're going to be launching this summer, end of the summer. Hopefully, uh, only only like Midwest, you know, about four or 500 stories starting off. Mm -hmm. But um, overall, man... Like as far as just being innovative, we're we're definitely gonna I guess say we're gonna dive into the chip category very oh, soon. Wow. Yeah. What, yeah. What, kind of, get... what kind of chips? You know, I can tell you pla plantain. Oh, I know, I know a very good company in that space, Barnana. You know Barnana. Barnana. Okay. I know Barnana really well. In fact, the founder is gonna be on the podcast soon. Really? Yeah, he's one of my closest right, friends. Small <laughs> world, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know what? Actually, funny is I was talking to Barnana too about you know possibly doing private label. You should talk but, to them. Uh, They're an incredible company. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
I love banana chips. But yeah, I think that's gonna be huge because you know we got this following, and it's like everyone doesn't do cans, especially you know younger demographic. There's a video circulating like. Mm-hmm. I don't even know the percentage, but a majority of people under 30 don't even know how to use a can opener. Because it's not, it kind of, at some point, it stopped. At some point, everybody stopped using cans for some reason. It's funny because in, in Spain, I'm from Spain, and in Spain, we use canned foods all the time. Canned tuna, like canned beans, canned yeah. like corn. It's so normal. But for some reason, in the U.S., the younger generations are like, there's this perception that canned food isn't as healthy, perhaps. Yes. What? Where is that coming? From? Where is that coming from? Like, why? Man, I think you know what it is. It's always it's the media, you know. Yeah. And there's an agenda. Um, I think there's there's also not a lot of there's some, there's a lot of misinformed information out there too. Um, I think you know you know one person gets a disease, some type of chronic disease, and, you know, they label it, you know, they might not necessarily be able to pinpoint it to can, but, oh, that person ate canned food their whole life. Now there's a relationship with chronic disease and cans. And, you know, one thing is we, you know, the whole BPA free um, movement, you know, we've, we've definitely hopped on that just because I think, yeah, you're like, you're right. People are concerned that the, the, the lining of the can, um, I also think it's a classism thing too. It's almost like I don't do canned food. I, I see a lot. Like it's funny in Chicago, people. You know, we've been around 15 years. The brand, as far as being in the Wake Centers, so most people around the city of Chicago know us as like a government brand. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ask them if they see us in the store now, they're like, I had no idea this is actually a real brand. I, I thought it was a government item. You know, yeah. like our, my my kids grew up on that, so we have like a deep rooted history in the city of Chicago, but. It's funny. It's like when once they grow up, though, like their mom and dad have been buying them good foods. Even our baby food is called Pick Select. And they get to like twenty, and now they're like they're too good for cans. I don't do cans anymore. It's like wait, wait. But you know, there's there's still a huge opportunity. This people. I mean, all you got to do is when you go in the grocery store, you see the aisle. So cans are selling. You know, it's a whole aisle. So it's still. But there is that perception. Definitely, there's been I think some some pushback on the whole lining of the the canning, but you know, we're, everything we do is BPA free. So we're very aware of those issues. Um, so we, yeah. you know, we have BPA free on the can on the front and the back, mm-hmm. uh, just for those people. But most people, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get the higher educated, like you higher educated, um, you know, yeah, higher yeah. Income folks who know, you know, right. You're, you're from Spain, you know, that there's, they, they're, just, they're sometimes they're healthier because yeah. You no, know, you you get some fresh produce. You don't know whose hands has been through. Mm-hmm. How long has it been sitting out? And then you got like two days. How much? How many times do you spoil? You know, you got spoiled veggies. You know, you mm-hmm. got in the fridge. So, so who is? I mean, what what kind of product is the millennial or the Gen Z asking for? Like, what are the product lines that you feel you guys don't have today that they're going to be asking for, or they're going to want, perhaps? That don't exist today. Man, I think it's I think it's snacks, snacks and drinks. Mm, you know what I mean? Like healthy like, snacks. Yeah, healthy snacks, yeah. Healthy snacks, plant based, vegan mm-hmm. drinks. Um, I mean, you know, it's you know, we we did everything. We we're doing breathalyzers. We've done coffee shots. You know, as, as a as a broker, mm-hmm. but um, you know, 
it's like gas station vibes. You know, they want to, they want some quick chips, yeah. something you could just drink, you know, right away, open it and try it out. That's why, you know, we always have a, uh, problem when we're demoing because it's tough, you know, you got to open up mm -hmm. the can serve, serve a meal, you know, create a meal. Mm -hmm. But honestly, man, there's a, I, I think there's a lot more people using cans and people, especially when the pandemic hit. That's what yeah. I wanted to say. The biggest thing for sure before, but after, man, cans became hot. Like, honestly, you know, like it, be, it was because they wanted to store food for a long period of time. People, people were freaking out, you know, yeah. apocalypse, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get any more food. And then, but then it, it turned into, oh, like this stuff is actually good and healthy, cheaper, right. more convenient, and I don't have to worry about spoilage. So then it, I think people started kind of diving back into cans. Right. And that, that's just my, my point of view. I'm sure, you know, there's still that that viewpoint. But, you know, that viewpoint, I think, like you said, it's it's more of the younger people. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, okay. if you look on our insights, it's we're 45 to 65 really buying our stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Why why not continuing to tap into that 45 to 65? Why do you want to go younger? I for cans, I'm I, that's what we do. We're really, you know, even if if you look at everything we do like on our pages, on our music, like mainly the music selection, like when we're doing a reel or anything, is is really I go back to the 70s. You know, it's, it's mostly like 60s, 70s, just because I know that's the age demographic of people you listening, you know, Temptations, James Brown, all that. But I do know that there's a lot of people who are just inspired by our story as a family business, kind of, you know, just understanding, you know, as a private family business in America, competing against these publicly traded companies like Green Giant, you know, Bushes, you know, 200-year-old mm -hmm. companies and still standing on our own. I think that's that's inspired a lot of younger people to follow us. But they're like, yeah, I don't do cans. They don't cook. You know, they're 18, 19. I was in college. I wasn't going to, I was going to Wendy's every day. So it's like, one thing I do so, know is everyone likes chips. Yeah, that's true. I don't know why. I, I've, I've yet to meet one person who doesn't like snacks and chips. So I think that's going to not only tap into the younger demographic, I think in general, people who, and some people just don't like beans. Some people don't like corn. Some people, you know, but um, so going back to the story of yeah, how your dad started this whole thing. Like, how does someone that comes from pharmaceutical that doesn't have any food background, doesn't have a food company, is able to lock in a contract with the government to provide foods? Like, how on earth did that happen? Well, you know, there's, there's a lot. There, there's a lot closer connection than I think you might think. So he, so he was in pharma, but he was in the sports medicine sector, which is okay. basically CPG. Okay. So he was in CPG. I mean, that's why he kind of went into good food. So it all, it all kind of made sense. Um, he wasn't necessarily, you know, selling, uh, you know, heart rate pills or anything like that. It was, it was more CPG stuff. So he was dealing with like. Insure formulas, Pedialyte, the Gator, you know, Gatorade type of drinks. So um, he understood the logistics, how to move, how to sell product, how to manufacture, et cetera. Right. Wow. Right. Okay. It was it was all a rerun to him. If you ask him, he he wanted to start it, you know, ten years earlier, but you know the the company was was so well to him. He's like, hey, all right, I'll, I'll stay on. And then at a certain point, 
you know, I think what it was, you know, what triggered him is uh, I was in high school, man. He missed one of my one of my best games, man. And uh, what do you play? I played I played receiver in, in Illinois, and I got my my last year. I got honorable mention All State through the Chicago Sun Times. Uh-huh. And he had wow. missed like a game early in the season, and all his friends, all my you know my my friends' parents, call him. While he's on this road trip, like, yo, you just missed Andrew doing this and that. And like, not too far after, man, he quit. He was like, I got to, I want to see all my son's games. And then it was like, he had already been wanting to do it, you know? So it was just, it was a good time. That's incredible. And then he leaves and then he forms the business and then gets his contract. And then how, how does he start making the stuff? Does he go to, what was the first product? The, what kind of product was it? Yeah, so he and so because he was at Abbott, he was able. He, he did a lot of business with Wick before that with the mm. formulas. So he yeah, had already yeah. had the connections in Wick, and yeah. had already gotten products approved for Abbott Labs. So he already knew the process. I mean, because they, had, my God, is that is that a hell of a process just to understand the government contracts? Um, oh my God, they're very strict. But once you get in, it's a nice flow. Once yeah. you get in, you're able to. But, you know, our, our issue was always like the guy can go straight to the plant, you know, around us. So we had to provide, you know, uh, more more tangible reasons like to why he should pick us versus somebody who, who could obviously get him a better price. Yeah. But um, the first the first product was a uh, baby formula, baby mm-hmm. formula. So we were just as we were a distributor for baby formula. Uh, the second product, which which really helped launch the company and establish us, so we could reinvest those profits back into our, creating the good brand, was we were the sole supplier for Jacobson butter cookies. So if you ever know, you ever seen those blue tin cookies that are like seasonal uh-huh. out of Denmark? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the J- yeah. So the the Jacobson family, great great people out there um, in Denmark. My dad randomly, man, randomly met them on a golf course in Scotland because they were like backed up, you know, on the hole. And it was like, you know, if you know my dad, he's going to talk. He's going to talk regardless. So he ended up realizing, oh, you're a sales rep. They were trying to get into Walgreens, which is headquartered in Chicago, like down the street from where I grew up. Uh-huh. And so it got, it got to be, hey, I'll be your sole representative, you know. And so we got that line, which really helped. Um, and then you know, we, we, we picked up a couple in between, some coffees, mm-hmm. energy shots. We're doing um, breathalyzers, like every, everything under the sun. That, those, are the main, those are the main products. And then I guess, like it, as I said, in between, even before the WIC business fell off, we, we always knew, hey, we got it. If we're going to make this a brand, we got to get out, get into some stores. And so um, my good friend now, his dad was a president of Jewel, uh, also passed away a couple of years ago. We became good friends over the last couple of years. And uh, his dad basically said to my dad, hey, you know, I'll, I'll uh, give me give me a give me a billboard on I-94 that says, you know, you're at our store and I'll put you in. So that's that's kind of how we, we got into Jewel. Um, that's and amazing. Like, rest is history, man, honestly, just grinding away. But like you said, man, it was. It was a tough category. Like people ask all the time, why would your dad go into cans? Mm-hmm. This isn't some new energy shot, some vegan, you know, chip. And um, 
Yeah, it was strategic, man. It was like he was given the opportunity, and we took he took advantage of. It, it wasn't well, like you know. Good. He he understood he understood relationships, right? And so, in the end of the day, like business today is still about relationships. Like it's still yeah. about human connection. It's still about solving problems for people, um, connecting the dots. And sometimes those things happen in the most serendipitous way, like on a golf course because you're backed up. Um, right, right. But it takes it takes someone with charisma and just the ability to connect with people, to build those connections, and to you know to, to get value out of that. And I think a lot of the times what I see with younger people is they miss that. They realize that like there is a different way of doing business. It's not all about cold email marketing. But at the end of the day, you're buying and selling to and from people. And so if you can if you can build those good relationships, you can get into the right room, um, you know, you will have opportunities. And so I think I think somehow in the last few decades, we've started to lose that for some reason. And I don't know why. I don't know if social media is to blame, but... <laughs> and, it's, and it's getting crazier now with AI, man. I don't know. I see you guys <laughs> tapped into a little bit, but I'm just thinking about my yeah. kids and how they're going to grow up. But it's like, it's a blessing and a curse because you're right, man. Like the younger generation, they're like, I'm going to go D to C. Forget everybody, yeah. forget the gatekeepers. But, you know, for us, man, like, especially a small business, those relationships were huge because when we get in the store and we're not selling like Green Giant or some of these other guys, our relationship, you know, me going to the Bulls game with some of the Albertson buyers or, you know, grabbing a drink, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, um, our kids go out together, whatever it is yeah. like that, that those, those are huge. You know, like I'm even, I'm about to get some, I'm about to get some magic tickets down here, even though they're, they're trash, but just because, you know, the possibility of going to a lunch, you know, that's exactly. or dinner, whatever. Exactly. Uh, yeah. People, people overlook that because when you're not selling and you're not, and that, and that the sales frees up, you're going to have to rely on someone in the, in the higher up, like, Hey, no, those guys are cool. You know? That they're there they appreciate the story was there ever a chance or was there ever a time in while growing the business in the past 20 years that you were very close to not making it any like <sighs> near-death near events man they're, they're like honestly, 20, I feel like it, or 20 it, of them <laughs> right <laughs> i woke up this morning man <laughs> Cause he, he, you're not in a, he, you're not a business owner if that's if if you're not waking up like that. Right? That's when you risking everything every day. I man, for, obviously, like when my dad passed, that was the hit, you know, because not only he's he's the patriarch, and, it, and it's for us, it's we're a family business, so everything hits differently, you know. I got my sister working for me, my cousin, um, and my uncle, you know, is a sales rep for us. So yeah. my dad, what, for us specifically, you know, it, it hits harder because not only was he the head of the company, he was really, like you're saying, the charisma, he was the patriarch of our family, you know? So 
he was the guy always doing the family reunions, calling everybody up, trying to connect everybody. Because we're, you know, we're spread across the country from, you know, Texas to, to Florida and New York. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was tough, man. Cause then and then everyone's looking at me, not just as the new boss, but everyone's like, well, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to keep it going. And some people don't know me or don't know my dad or even know our relationship. And they don't, you know, they don't believe I can do it. Right. Or, you know, they're questioning, oh, is Andrew the right person for it? So there's a lot of drama and convincing. And But, hey, you know, we're here seven months later. Um, but it was a dogfight for sure. You know, especially when the younger you are. And I'm, I'm not the youngest dude in the room. But for our, especially in cans, man, it's just the old category. You know? Yeah. And so when I come in there trying to tell somebody about some old category and I'm like in my thirties, they're like, well, what do you know? <laughs> but you know, it's like, we know, we do know is that our, our brand story is going to prevail. And, um, that's all we got at the end of the day. You know, it's a story. It's a good story. Andrew, thank you for sharing all this, man. Thanks for telling the story. It's fascinating. It's one of the few, one of the few brands that I know are, truly family built it's not it doesn't happen that much anymore so oh no it, no it, it's nice to hear that you you keep it going and you're growing it and you're finding new ways to you know continue to expand it and get market share that's amazing i'm sure he would be very proud yeah no, i appreciate it man i think so too you know so yeah we're you know, we're steady growing, um, but yeah, like you, you asked, man, definitely, this has been the toughest part, um, but also a, a, a part that he was preparing us for, you know, so. That's amazing. Yeah. What a smart man. What a smart man. You know it. Uh, cool, dude. Well, thanks for joining. Thanks for coming in and telling the story.